why is it looked at that our dream job or like working our dream job is like the peak of life like there are so many other things that we do in our life hello and welcome back to to be honest podcast i am amanda and i'm kara and today we're going to be talking about career and life path and what the fuck to do when you don't know what you're doing. Which I don't feel like anyone ever really knows what they're doing. So this podcast episode is kind of for everyone. I definitely don't know what I'm doing. Neither do I. So, <laughs> it's really just two great people to talk about this. <laughs> if you're looking for answers, this is not going to be the podcast for you. <laughs> if you're looking for understanding. Relatability. And to feel maybe a little bit better about how you're feeling. This is the place for you. This is the place you should be. <laughs> um, but before we do that, as always, we're going to talk about some feedback and listen to some voice memos from last week's episode, which was on therapy and mental illness. If mm. you haven't listened already, um, it was Mental Health Week last week. Yeah. And yeah, we decided to talk about our mental health journey and we ended up just going on like a 40 minute rant about therapy. <laughs> So we got a lot of really great feedback. Yeah. Just a quick note before we get into the feedback, as there was a trigger warning with last week's episode, just a little bit of a trigger warning for the feedback that we got on last week's episode. We'll leave a timestamp in the description box below if you do want to skip past this bit where we're talking about therapy and eating disorders and things like that. So we got a really nice voice memo from someone called Lena, and we're going to play it and let you know what we think. Hey, um... I hope you're both having a lovely day. Um, I just, I absolutely love the podcast. Um, I've just listened to the most recent one and just want to thank you both. Um, I've been to therapy before as I struggle with anorexia and anxiety, but I stopped going a while back. Um, but after listening to the podcast, I'm going to book in for a first session again um, of some therapy um because of you both so thank you so so much for being so open and honest um you're both beautiful and amazing people and honestly just thank you so much and i can't wait for the next podcast wow that was wholesome content so wholesome i hadn't heard that one amanda chose it um before and she was like oh you can just listen to it while we're recording and I really liked that. That was really nice. Yeah. It was nice to hear. It was really nice because a lot of the feedback we got regarding last week's episode was in relation to people, you know, booking in for therapy or considering going to therapy. And obviously we are both very big advocates for therapy. Um, So it was really nice that that was what you got from the episode. Yeah. Every time we got a message from someone who was like, oh, I knew I kind of should go to therapy or I've never really considered it or I thought maybe it was a bit shameful, but now I'm going to book in. My heart kind of swelled a little bit. Like it was just, I feel like it's just such a big thing, a big step to take and it's such an important step to take. Obviously we were being open and honest about our experiences and the best thing we could have hoped for was people to feel understood and to feel, I guess, less ashamed to go to therapy. Yeah. So that was honestly like the best reaction we could have gotten. So yeah, really glad that you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sending such lovely feedback. And if you have any feedback on today's episode, make sure to send us a voice memo or a message on Instagram at tbh.pod. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And thank you, Lena, for that amazing voice memo. Good luck on your therapy journey. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the topic of career mm. and jobs... 
and general life <laughs> paths, I think is something that everyone in their 20s can relate to yeah. in some capacity. And actually, even since we started the pod, we've had a lot of people say to us, oh, can you please talk about like how to feel like it's okay to not know what you're doing with your life and things like that. So I was really excited to record today's episode. Yeah. So let's start with the fact that it's okay to not know what you're doing with your life. And this is a thing like literally, I just feel like everyone feels this way. You know what I mean? I think everyone at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone at some point feels this way. I think even my friends who have always known what they want to do and they're in like their career, they're in the industry, even they have moments where they're like, I don't really know what I'm going to do next or Mm. I don't know if this is exactly what I want to do because the reality is is that people change and especially in your 20s, like you're changing so much. And I think there's almost like this pressure that you have to know what you're going to do next or know where your current career or whatever you're doing is taking you. Like when you're in high school, it's what are you going to do in uni? When you're in uni, it's like, what are you going to do for work? When you've got a good job, people are like, okay, but what are you going to do next? And it's almost like there's this expectation that you can't just be comfortable in what you're doing and not be thinking about the future yeah exactly it's and I think it's especially difficult when you kind of are expected to make one decision and then (laughs) and then stick with it for the rest of your life (laughs) it's ridiculous like I, I really feel like in the same way when you're going through your teenage years and you're just changing like every second fucking day Mm. you in your 20s you're doing the same thing like I wasn't I'm not the same person who I was last year or the year before like I'm 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 constantly changing because in your 20s you're figuring everything out Mm. so it really doesn't make sense for this pressure to stick to one career or one job or to have everything planned out because I just don't think Kind of similar to what we're talking about with um, dating plans, like getting married by a certain age and having kids by a certain age. I think that's also often unrealistic with career. Oh, so true. But, and yet people have it. There's so many variables. Hey, do you remember like what the first job you ever wanted was? Like when you were a kid, when your parents asked you what you wanted to be when you grew up, well, what did you want to be? Yeah, I wanted to be Delta Goodrum. <laughs> I mean, that's such relatable content because Delta Goodrum is an icon. She's such an icon. So obviously I never achieved that dream of being Delta Goodrum. Yeah. But that was definitely my first thing I thought that I could be. Mm. I actually don't know. I mean, I wanted to be a writer from a really young age. I can remember when I was in grade four, so I was 10 years old, I knew I wanted to be a writer then. Mm. Back then it was more about like novel writing though, like fictional writing. Right. Because I was writing for a competition in school and I just thought it was the best thing ever. Right. I can't really remember before that. I have this vivid memory. My dad used to make like um, home videos. He would like always record like my birthday parties and stuff. And he has them all on VCR somewhere. (laughs) I really should like try and get my hands on them so I can watch them. But I used to always rewatch them back when I was younger. And at my eighth birthday party, my dad was recording me and my friends and said, okay, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we all answered. I said I wanted to be a hairdresser. Which it's is so just random. like so random and also just so off brand for me because I'm not a very beauty savvy person in any capacity. It's like imagine if when you're young, you had to make a decision and actually stick with it for the rest of your life. Like you'd be on stage right now at Rod Laver Arena and I'd be in a hair salon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing as when you leave high school and they're like, pick a path. Go on. Oh, it's I, I literally had. Do you know what I picked as my path when I left? I picked teaching and like 
Kara knows this about me, but I'm not very good with children. Like, I'm not a very maternal type of person. And I can't believe that I actually thought that I would want to be a teacher at some point in my life. Yeah, I can't imagine you as a teacher at all. <laughs> it's like the worst career idea that I ever had. And I've had quite a few bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of bad career ideas, do you mm. want to tell me slash the listeners mm. about kind of like what you've done previously and what you're doing now? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to touch base on my high school experience mildly, which is that in high school, I wasn't a very good student. I was really into the arts, like heavily into like theater studies and media studies and stuff like this. Loved it. Here's the thing. We would not have been friends in high school. (laughs) There's just no way. There is no way because for the rest of my high school experience, um, other than actually attending my theatre studies classes, I like to wag school a lot and hang out with my friends. And I literally never studied for anything. Were you one of those kids who thought you were a bit too cool? Oh, no, no, no. I was trying to be cool. That was the problem. Okay, right. Yeah, okay. Oh, we were polar opposites. We really Polar were. opposites. <laughs> and then from high school, I... Applied to get into teaching. I'm pretty sure that I got in, but then I decided not to go. And I had maybe three gap years where I was just working. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, three gap years at that point, it's just not going to uni. (laughs) Well, 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 I did end up going to uni. I ended up studying environmental science, but I dropped out after a trimester. When it started actually being sciencey, I was like, hang on a second. By the way, we're not laughing at people who quit uni. If no. you don't like a subject, you don't like a course, definitely quit it. Like you shouldn't no. do a degree just to finish it. But I'm laughing because it's so on brand for Amanda to do that. Oh, it is so <laughs> on brand because I am so all over the place and I feel like my family and my friends that I've known for like my whole life, if Stacey Lee is listening to this, she's like, oh my God, Amanda really is a bit of a hot mess. But basically I just had and kind of still have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. And so I dipped into an environmental science degree, but between uh, high school and environmental science and where I'm at now, I had I think 23 jobs in total and these were all in like the retail hospitality kind of industry in some capacity and some of them I stuck at for like three years and some of them I stuck at for like a week because one shift (laughs) I really really struggle to commit to things if I don't enjoy them like in any capacity I've never been one of those people who could like stick at a job do you think for you it's because you know if you meet a random manager and you do a job and after two shifts you're like I don't want to do this you don't feel as desperate to please them because you don't really know them and you know you, you might never see them again where versus if it was like a friend or something oh totally completely different and the thing is when I find a job that I really really like I'm like super super committed to it and almost become like obsessed with being really good at my job so in the past I've had jobs where I've stuck at it for like three years like for example I worked at gold class cinemas what a throwback I worked at gold class cinemas for three years and I remember within eight weeks of working there this is a bit of a flex within eight weeks of working there I got promoted into a management position and Mm. I was like yeah I really did that (laughs) (laughs) and so this is the thing I always liked working in like leadership positions like that And I really enjoyed hospitality once I got into the industry and I was like working in vegan cafes and stuff like this. And when I committed to a job, I tended to always get promoted. 
and end up working in management positions and then that job would like consume my life because it was a management position so I was like oh my god I have to be doing the best job ever yeah I think a theme of your personality is that you really let work consume you (laughs) she's staring at me across the table right now because she knows that I still let work consume me yeah that's exactly what I meant by that (laughs) anyway my point is I had about 23 jobs between where I was when I was younger, to where I am now and where I'm at now is I do YouTube and social media and things like that full time. I work for myself, essentially, which has been the goal for like the past four years. I worked towards this point. So I was working in the hospitality industry and working like random jobs here and there and then doing YouTube on the side as like a side hustle in the hope of making YouTube and social media the full-time hustle and so now what I do is I do YouTube I also do the social media and marketing for a local vegan restaurant and yeah that's where I'm at right now so it's kind of like a really bizarre but really cool thing because I worked really hard to get to this point and now I'm doing it and arguably you would say that I'm doing my dream job right now Mm. well Mm. I mean that's your call to make (laughs) are you you doing your dream job yeah I think so yeah and that's something cool to sit in and a lot of the time people will ask me okay but like where is this career going like what are you going to do next and things like that because I don't think that social media is a sustainable job for like the rest of my life I'm not going to be doing YouTube forever but instead of thinking about the future I kind of like choose to focus on like how much I'm enjoying it right now and how grateful I feel to be able to like work on my own schedule and like literally cook vegan food and edit videos and record this podcast for a living you know what I mean no this podcast is making us any money no (laughs) (laughs) purely hobby at this point yeah purely hobby but we'll see Yeah, I think it's really interesting because, and this is something we've talked about a lot privately, but we really have had opposite career trajectories, I guess you'd say, because you're now working for yourself. You're now self-employed and I just stopped being self-employed after three years. Yeah. And yeah, it's like we're completely different like stages in that kind of process. Yeah. So for me, I... When I was quite young, I knew that I wanted to be a writer. And when I was around 15 or 16, it changed from being, you know, a fictional writer to doing more like journalism type of things. Like that's what I wanted to do. Mm. So my last few years of high school, I knew that was what I wanted to go and study. Like I actually was kind of waiting to go from high school to uni because I was just so bored. Were you a really good student in high school? What would you define as a good student? Like turned up to every class and oh, like yeah. really respected your teachers and mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm me so I was one of those kids looking back it's a bit, bit cringy but I was one of those kids where if I thought something a teacher was doing was wrong or like unjust mm. I would tell them <laughs> you just would too so like <laughs> at the time I really thought and I wasn't mean mm. but like I would stand up to teachers mm. and like it would usually get me into a bit more trouble than you know not standing up to the wood yeah. <laughs> but um yeah I went to like most classes I, I my parents were really relaxed that like, they really trusted me so if I wanted like a class off or something they wouldn't care so mm. I didn't really need to wag or anything like you did <laughs> um but I also just didn't really want to as much yeah yeah so I knew that I wanted to go and study some form of writing in university so once I left high school I went and studied media and communications Mm -hmm. and I really loved the course it was based around journalism for the most part although there was kind of like a bunch of different like writing um, courses involved Mm. 
Um, and then once I graduated, I started working at a marketing agency in Melbourne within like six months. Right. At the time, thought it was the best thing that I could ever do. And look, <laughs> I still would do it again yeah. because it was still a good experience, even though it was a literal hellhole of a job. <laughs> Such a hellish job. <laughs> The worst environment ever. Right. But I still, you know, it was still a good, good experience. It was still a good way for me to get connections because I left that job. And I, after two years, I left that job and I went straight into working to my for myself mm-hmm. as a freelance writer. And I knew a lot of people and I had a lot of experience from that agency writing job that I had. Mm. So that's how I was able to make it work. And the whole time I was very aware of the fact that a lot of people – struggle to build up like freelance clientele because the connections are hard to come by and Mm. there are just so many copywriters Mm. in in the world it's actually wild do you want to explain like when you talk about what you're doing freelance like what you do because I think for me when I met you I fully did not understand like what you did as a freelance writer well I was a freelance like copywriter Mm -hmm. so I would write website content and blogs and articles based on brands or based on services and stuff like that I wasn't a journalist and that's something that really I guess like after a while started weighing on me like more recently was that I was doing this I was I was working for myself for three years and before that I was working for an agency for two years and it's kind of like eventually you realize that what you actually want to be doing isn't what you're doing Mm. and then it's kind of hard to make your way back Mm. and I mean, if I'm completely honest, being a journalist isn't something that I'm super passionate about doing now. I think I've become very disillusioned with it. And especially Mm -hmm. throughout university, I became disillusioned with being a journalist because the reality is, is that there's just, first of all, so few job opportunities for it. And second, not that many good publications to do it for. Right. (laughs) Um, And because I'm someone who I guess really like to stick to my values and everything, and I really want to feel good about what I'm doing with work. I wouldn't want to write just for anyone or anything. Yeah, and be writing stuff that could be offensive to some people or could upset people and things like that, I guess, would be a really hard thing to do morally for you. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to go and get a job at the Daily Mail. Because <laughs> so I would if you're rather die. Daily Mail, don't even bother. <laughs> so, yeah, after a few years of working for myself and being a freelance writer, I decided that I wanted to change. And there was a few different reasons for that. You know, the money side of it, being a freelance self-employed mm. person, their money, the income side of it is so unreliable in terms of even if you have steady work, which I was lucky enough that I did have steady work, people just don't pay you for months. Yeah. And they're just like, mm, don't don't feel like it and I would always witness this happening to Kara and be like oh my goodness that must be so stressful and now it happens to me and I'm like oh my goodness this is so stressful yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah I decided that my mental health and just my general like fulfillment career-wise would be better if I got a job that wasn't necessarily fully writing based but was something that I would feel much more comfortable and confident doing long term yeah so I recently started working for a brand here on the coast and I'm doing a little bit of writing and a little bit of um, other things that's like nothing to do with being creative and I'm really enjoying it like I think it's exactly what I needed post working for myself and I get paid weekly at the same time every single week which is (laughs) 
Amazing. Oh, such a flex. <laughs> it's such a flex. One of us has to get paid regularly. <laughs> I know. Who's going to support me, hon? <laughs> and I guess that's the thing. We've both sort of seen each other have the experiences that we weren't having and now it's kind of reversed and we're having the experiences that each other were having before. And it's really, really interesting because even though I always used to be like, wow, there's so many pros to working for yourself, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't see any cons. Now I'm like, oh, there are still cons to things that you do and you might feel the same as well. Oh yeah, there's there's so many pros and so many cons to working for yourself. And then there's also the same for doing a, a nine to five. Yeah. And that was something that I really had to, I guess, accept when Mm. I started my job because for three years I set my own schedule. I set my own rates, my own pay, really. Mm. And I didn't have to ask for time off. I didn't have to worry that if I wanted to go and like visit someone, I could work wherever I was, you know, going. Mm. It was a lot more freedom, but like I said before, it was also a lot more sacrifice because you didn't know when you want to get paid. You there was a lot of other things that you couldn't like really rely on with being self-employed. Totally. So yeah, that was definitely something I had to grapple with, and I still feel it from time to time. Like in a couple of weeks, we're going to the Whit Sundays, and I had to obviously apply for a day of annual leave and. There was a t- there was a point where I thought maybe I wouldn't get it, so I wouldn't be able to go to the Wit Sundays, and mm. I was fine with that. It was like it is what it is, but it's just something that you know, like we said before, there are pros and there are cons. And the pros to working for yourself is that you don't have to ask anyone anything because you are your own boss. Yeah, and that's the best part. That is the best part. Yeah, yeah. and I guess I mean maybe you can say more of of the cons as well of how you're feeling. But the money was the biggest con for me, and. Just the general like feeling like you have to do everything all the time. Yeah. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I struggle with and is something that I've really carried with me because for the past few years, I have been arguably working seven days a week because, for example, I was working in a cafe, managing a cafe, working four days a week. And the other three days a week I would use to make YouTube videos because I have pretty high standards of myself in terms of the amount of work that I should be doing. And I would say that my work ethic is one of my greatest qualities, but also one of my biggest flaws in the sense that I have a really strong work ethic and I always want to do more, but I don't allow time for myself a lot of the time because of it. And I think that's something that I've struggled to get out of the habit of is I've been used to working so much for the past few years that now that I am working for myself and I can set my own schedule, I still find work to do every single day because I work from home my desk is just next to the kitchen my computer is always there my phone's always there and when you're working from your computer and your phone it's like there's no real opportunity to completely switch off unless I consciously do so so that's something that I'm working on at the moment even though I'm still working my dream job there's still flaws and still things that I have to work through and I think especially when it comes to working for yourself but especially when you're working for yourself as an influencer I guess like what you're doing Mm. people just assume that it's literally all pros and there's no cons (laughs) yeah and it's just this um I guess it's this like fantasy we have oh people think that influencers live the dream which there are many many pros to my my work there is absolutely no doubt about that the ability to set your own schedule the fact that I get to create content for a living there's so many pros and it's amazing and I love it so much but I think that 
A, people think that influencers don't really work very hard. And B, people don't really think about the instability of the job, I guess. Mm. And that's like one of the main problems (laughs) yeah I think the biggest thing for me is that when I moved to the coast especially and it took me a little bit to actually put it into motion but when I moved to the coast I purposely said I don't want to live to work I want to work to live Mm. and when you're self-employed even though it looks great and people post on social media that they're you know going out in the middle of the day or they're just taking a random holiday or whatever like and it seems so lit Mm. which it can be a lot of the time Mm. You also can easily live to start living to work because, oh, yeah. like you were just saying, you can always be doing something, you know, even if it's just answering an email at like nine o'clock before you go to bed or mm. if it's editing on the couch at like eight o'clock or, you know, even I especially felt it because I was living in this beautiful place, like literally a, like walking distance from the beach. And some days I'd have so much work on where I would just be stuck inside. And I'm like, well, this isn't really different to a desk job anyway. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has these really bad opinions of desk jobs of like nine to fives and that they're not good. And th- I actually really hate that mentality because, well, for many reasons. But first of all, nine to five jobs run our world. So if you have a bad opinion on someone <laughs> working a nine to five job, I want to see you not go to a supermarket. Yeah. I want to see you not go to a bank. Yeah. Like, just you can't do like imagine how many things in our world wouldn't run without the nine to five without the nine to fives and that's why i hate that mentality of oh nine to fives are just like slaves to the system like you know Mm. you can break free and all that bullshit that happens and it's especially present on social media now oh it's so present on social media with this whole like you can work for yourself you can do your own thing blah, blah blah here's the thing i sometimes dream about working a nine-to-five job sometimes I think about the fact that like Kara goes to work and she comes home and then she just gets to do whatever she wants and that's something that I've been really enjoying I go to work and now when I have something done after work something to do after work like going to a friend's house or even if it's just us planning on having dinner and watching a tv show at night I look so forward to it I actually and I do really like my job it's not like I'm depressed all day at my job yeah and hating it and then like oh but like after work it'll be good mm. I like my job but it's just a matter of I know that I'm going to get good money for doing this thing mm. and then I'm going to come home and enjoy my life and on the weekend enjoy my life and not have to worry about anything else exactly and you work for that money and then you get to spend that money on things that you love exactly like knowing that next week I'm going to get paid again or whenever else you know whenever your pay cycle is yeah because that's something that I didn't get to do when I was freelance because you'd always well I was always thinking okay well I have this you know pay from this client now but what if my client for next week doesn't pay me next week and then I have to pay for rent and groceries and bills and all this stuff and Mm. obviously this is all coming from an intense place of privilege because a lot of people don't have that luxury even if they have a nine-to-five it's still really hard for them to pay for all those things but for me personally as a single woman who have always very I'm very lucky to have always made at least like the average earning amount in Australia Mm. it was something that Money was something I always had to think about. Yeah. And I'm by no means earning a million dollars a year now <laughs> at all. Like I'm earning a pretty normal amount. Yeah. But it's just very nice to sit back and be like, I don't have to worry about this because money is something that really triggers my anxiety. This is, again, something that comes with the whole like finding your dream job, figuring out what you want to do with your life and things like this is that honestly, a lot of the time when it's to do with money, like people don't have the privilege of just being able to do their dream job and earn an income from it. Like a lot of the time work is an experience that people have in order to be able to pay their bills and support themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. And that mentality that some people have again and it's and it's an online social media mentality yeah quit your job go after your dream it's like that's all well and good but people have bills to pay literally it's like if i had have quit my job four years ago when my dream was to be doing youtube full-time for example a my parents would have absolutely fucking killed me they would have been like hun what are you actually doing but b it just wasn't realistic it's if i had have quit my job four years ago and expected that because i quit my job my youtube was going to take off overnight and suddenly i was going to be doing my dream job and everything was going to be great it's just not reality no and there's i feel like there is that attitude of you're either working your dream job or you're not and if you're not you're failing and if you are you're succeeding And that is just so untrue. Why is it looked at that our dream job or like working our dream job is like the peak of life? Like there are so many other things that we do in our life that make up a part of who we are. I was actually thinking this the other day. I didn't say it to you, but I was thinking about how when we watch like dating shows or like reality TV shows or whatever, whenever they put their name on the screen, it always has their job underneath. And I'm Mm. like, why is their job the most important thing about themselves other than their age? Because we judge people by their jobs. So true. If someone like, this is me as, as a disclaimer, I have no prejudice against anyone who works whatever job. But no, if you see either. someone on, online that's on a TV show that says, you know, um, waitress, mm. and then you have someone who says, you know, engineer, you're going to immediately think that the engineer is A, more successful mm. and probably B, has their shit together more. And is more financially stable. And is more financially stable. And honestly, like the financially stable part might be true more time, more of the time. Mm. But in terms of just the fact that, you know, unfortunately university jobs can pay more and everything and like Mm. hospitality jobs can pay less Mm. but yeah we judge them and we say like they're smarter because they went to university they're more dedicated because they have this career path they're not just Mm. working this you know entry-level job and like i was saying before entry-level jobs are what makes the world go around literally i just find it so interesting the way that you know for example, just say I was someone who was like really into skiing and skiing was like my favorite hobby in the world, right? And I went on The Bachelor and I worked, I'm trying to think, I worked at a nursery. I worked at Bunnings <laughs> as an example. I have no idea where you're going with this analogy. <laughs> I don't have a clue. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> Why when I go on The Bachelor, does it say nursery attendant rather than loves to ski? Do you get what I'm saying? Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. And I think it goes back to what we were just talking about, which is that we just judge people based on what they do. Just so bizarre. It's so bizarre. A lot of the time, people's hobbies are more of an indication of the type of person they are than what they do to earn money. Exactly. But I think we just, we, we do think work is everything Mm. in our society. And it's because we live, I'm getting too political. It's because we live in a capitalist society (laughs) where that is the end goal. It's, you know, you, you go to school, you go to university and you get a job or you go to school, you finish school and then you get a job and you don't necessarily go to university. But those two paths are looked at completely differently to one another. Mm. And I actually have a lot of friends and I've said this, I think to you before, but I have a lot of people who I know from that I went to high school with who didn't go to university at all. And they are, in terms of general life 
circumstance Mm. they have houses or they have you know they are more financially stable than I am Mm. or they have families because they can afford to have families and stuff like that like Mm. you don't need to go to university Mm. and have a career path Mm. to be successful because the thing is is like I I, when I was 22 I started working Mm. like full-time in my career Mm. but those people who finished school and went straight into a job they were like 19 yeah. maybe maybe even 18 when they started mm. and it's there's just I just don't understand because if anything they were working harder than I was three years before I started working full-time it's so interesting because we actually got a couple of questions about this as well and just to say we're from Australia and we call university university I think internationally you call it college there's definitely a pressure in Australia to go to university especially when you're in high school it's like okay so what are you studying at uni not are you going to go to uni? Mm. And I think that that pressure is even more present in the US, for example. And there's just like this overall pressure that if you don't go to college or you don't go to university, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, exactly. Which is actually quite funny because there are so many university uh, courses and career paths that are just so overpopulated with like graduates and then you literally can't get a job. Like literally what I study, I study journalism. It is so hard to get a job as a journalist. Most people I went to school with are not working in any anywhere near the writing field, which is 100% fine. Yeah. But it's just, you know, going to university is not in any way a guarantee that you're going to be, quote, air quotes, successful. Mm. Like, And then you think about the people who don't go to university and they just, you know, they start finding out what they like and they go from job to job and they start figuring it out and they also just don't have a 30k hex debt yeah well this is the thing like first of all I studied environmental science like I mentioned and I can vividly remember in like my orientation sitting there and one of the like lecturers or whatever saying to us the only job you can get from an environmental science degree is of a park ranger unless you go on to do your honors and your masters you know what the first thing I heard in my first journalism class was literally the first week yeah journalism is a dying industry (laughs) Wow, so much hope. There's so much hope. (laughs) And like they were right. Mm. But it's like, thank you so much. I just like signed away 10 grand that I'm going to pay off over the rest of my life. For international listeners, in Australia, we have something called Hex. I think it actually might have a different name now, but when we went to uni, it was called Hex. Mm. And it's basically where the government gives us a loan for our university fees yeah so at the moment i have like a twenty four thousand dollar hex debt and i just you just start paying it off as you get you know above a certain pay threshold it just automatically comes out your pay after you finish uni i know it's very different in america yeah very very different Mm -hmm. so we're very privileged but i just wanted to explain that because you know i have spoken to a friend recently who didn't go to uni and is in a great job Mm. and doesn't have any any hex debt whereas I'm putting money now every pay cycle on top of tax mm. towards my hex debt, mm. which is I'm not I'm not mad about it or anything like I'm fine with it. But it's just that it's just another way of saying that there are so many pros and so many cons of going to uni and not going to uni. Yeah, it, there's just I feel like the grass is always greener in some ways. I think another thing to remember as well in terms of, you know, we go to university and we pick a course or, you know, you leave school and you apply for a job is that a dream job, if that's something you want to do, if that's something you're working towards, your dream job will always evolve over time. Mm. 
Mine def. I don't. I have no idea what my dream job is at the moment. Actually, I was going to ask you this just before because obviously you've gone from like working for yourself and now you're working for an amazing company. But like how I was saying, I feel this comfort in like not knowing where my career is going. Do you feel that way at the moment? That you feel comfortable with where you're at? I feel completely comfortable because I don't. I'm no longer putting that pressure on me to say I am this. Mm. Like I am X career. job title yeah I'm just in at this stage in my life I'm thinking well right now I'm really happy with my job I really love the company I work for and there are a lot of opportunities to grow there and I have plans I guess and thoughts in my head of how I'd like to move into a more creative role in the future in the company I'm working for and that's definitely doable Mm. but for right now I'm just seeing where it goes yeah because I've even thought that I think as I've gotten older I've realized that there's so many things that I'd love to do in my lifetime and you know I'd actually really like being a teacher I think and I'd love being like a social worker and I've thought about these things and I've thought about maybe going and studying them and maybe going a completely different career path Mm. but for where I am at right now, this is definitely the most comfortable and the most, I guess, secure I've felt mm. and the most confident, I guess. Because even when I was working arguably like in my chosen field in like a job that I theoretically really loved because I love writing, I still didn't feel this secure and this confident because mm. – especially I guess if you talk about like the creative roles there's just so much room for subjectivity to say like you know you're failing or you're not failing and especially if you're someone who is tends to be quite anxious and maybe imposter syndrome which I think a lot of people <laughs> in our generation have yeah um that really can rear its head when you're working for yourself or when you're just, even just in a creative role because when I go to work now there are things that I do that across the board when I do them right which is every day I hope (laughs) um it's just like there's no question about it it's right whereas like when I used to send off a blog or an article I would think it's great I spent so much time writing it I loved it Mm. I was really proud of it and the client would come back and say oh don't like it can you redo it Mm. and that's really hard yeah totally so yeah, I think for where I'm at right now, it's definitely something that I feel really, really positive about. And I'm positive. I feel really positive about where I'm headed, even though I have no idea where that is really. Love that. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, this whole dream job thing, which not to say that dream do- jobs shouldn't exist or whatever, you shouldn't work towards dream jobs. But a lot of the time, a dream job can just be the fact that you are comfortable, you're doing a job that you like, you're earning a decent income and that's it you know what I mean a dream Mm. job doesn't have to be I want to be a famous actress you know what I mean and I also think there's a lot of thoughts around and pressure around having a passion Mm. for a job and having yeah having to do that passion for your career whereas your passion could just be something again that is a hobby or something that you love you don't always have to turn something you love into a source of income it can just be something that you love exactly and you know Maybe eventually if you are doing it as a hobby, maybe eventually it would turn into a source of income or it is something that you get an opportunity to become, to turn into a job. Mm. But there is a lot of just, I guess, misunderstanding and pressure to find a passion and, that and, if you, and do it as a job. And that if you have a passion that you should be working towards turning it into a job. Can you think of like, I personally have had this experience before where I've been working on something creatively and maybe a family member or like someone who just doesn't quite understand the creative field that I'm in will say, oh, but how do you make money off that? 
acting like making money or something is the end goal Mm. whereas a lot of the time when you have a passion or a hobby or something like that it's just for the enjoyment of it like no one says oh you really like going bushwalking you should try and look for a career in that you use bushwalking as an example quite (laughs) often so random it's because my favorite hobby (laughs) but yeah you're completely right it's it's something that we look at like well if you're passionate about it you should be able to make money from it Mm. and that actually is a really great way to end up hating your passion oh so true because when something becomes a job there inevitably becomes more pressure around it Mm -hmm. you know you have to work to please other people you have to work to meet deadlines and you know you have to kind of like schedule yourself I guess like you know you can't when you're passionate about I don't know like pottery or something you can spend days perfecting something Mm. knowing that it doesn't matter as long as you love it Mm. when it's a job well if if you've got 10 people every day buying a plate off you or something you have to make 10 a day yeah and this is like um my friend hannah hi hannah if you're listening (laughs) my friend hannah makes pottery and she's so amazing at it but she has felt that burnout where when people started wanting to purchase things off her and stuff like that it began to feel like more of a chore whereas before that happened she was just making things for friends or for the enjoyment of it as like a therapeutic kind of thing and now she's like consciously taken a step back from it in order to find the love for it again instead of feeling like she has to monetize it just because she likes it I feel that way about writing I feel like and I said this to you when I was working for myself one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to find another job like a a, like a pretty stable job was Mm. that I wanted to be able to write for the love of it rather than for money and for my job Mm. um and obviously I was open to writing jobs in general and like I said before I am doing a bit of writing at the moment still Mm. for my job but being able to just you know on the weekend or after work just write something and not feel like I have to get it done really quickly or um, you know make sure that it's perfect straight away is so freeing and also when you're doing something as as a job whether it's writing or you know or pottery or video editing and stuff like that it's very easy to become so burnt out and over that thing you're doing that you Mm. don't want to do it for yourself anymore Mm. and that's exactly how I felt when I was working at my office job when I first left uni by the end of that two years I realized that I hadn't for like maybe over a year I hadn't written anything for myself because I went to work every day and I wrote for eight hours and I came home why the fuck would I want to write like I was so exhausted emotionally and because again going back to creative jobs because that's what we're both in It's so easy to become creatively burnt out. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And I felt this like, especially since starting to do social media and YouTube in particular full time, sometimes this lack of creativity and lack of inspiration is just super present. And I'll have like a week or two where I'm like, I can't even think of any new recipes that I might want to create. And I can't even think about trying to edit that video and things like that. And that's because there's like a lot more pressure on creatives when they're doing it as their full-time job to just like pump out more and more and more and be always doing something new and things like that yeah and like a job is a job whether it's your dream job or whether it's something you're just doing to make money and get by Mm. there are going to be days where you're tired or where you can't be bothered where you feel a bit down where you're a bit stressed like it's something that happens I would argue that Taylor Swift would sometimes really not be bothered with like going to an interview or getting Mm. on stage and singing like Mm. (laughs) obviously 
<laughs> of course, I mentioned Taylor Swift, but like, <laughs> you know, the most passionate people on earth would have times where like they can't be fucked doing what they have to do. Yeah. And that's so fine. Yeah. That's so fine. And that's where I think the phrase, you know, what's the phrase? Um, Find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yes. Is not. Not true. I love my job, but it still feels like I'm working every single day. Because you are. Because I am. So (laughs) obviously finding a job that you enjoy more than you don't enjoy is the goal <laughs> like we're not saying that to put up with a job that you fucking hate and that you don't want to go to every day of the week mm. like if you don't love something and you have the room and the ability to maybe move around and try the new things i think that's a great mm. way to do things mm. but if you're chasing that feeling of i'm going to love what i do every single second of my life I don't think that's realistic. It's not realistic at all. Alrighty, from here, let's move on to unprofessional opinions. What have you got for me, Kara? Okay, so the first question we have is, how do you deal with family and close friends who don't support or understand your career? (laughs) And I haven't really felt this that much because even when I was working for myself, my parents were very, very supportive, even though they didn't really understand what I was doing in terms of Physically, they don't understand the internet and that's what I was writing for. Yeah. Um, they were really supportive of me working for myself. So I've never really felt this, but I know, I think, Ducky, you have felt a little bit like misunderstood. Yeah, misunderstood is definitely the word because I don't feel like there's ever been any like malicious intent or whatever. Like it's never, no one's ever been like judgmental towards what I've been doing and things like that. But there definitely was just this like way you literally just cook things and put it on the internet in a video and that's how you make money. And I think that for a little while, my parents just didn't really understand like how it's actually possible to make money doing that kind of job. And even sometimes when I try and explain it, like when I meet new people or something like that, I often have no idea what to say about like what I do for work because I think there's just a lot of questions and a lot of confusion that comes with it. And when it's been with like family and things like that, again, it's just something where, you know, maybe they're not well versed in the YouTube world and they don't understand why a vegan restaurant would need a social media manager and things like this. But obviously for me, because it's my world and I understand it so deeply, I understand why I can make money doing what I do. And I think it's especially harder to explain it to the older generation just because the internet is quite new. And Mm. when they were growing up, influencing and making videos and making money from it was not anything that you could actually do for a living yeah whereas i think if you spoke to most people our age and you said oh i make youtube videos and that's my job they mm. would be like okay yeah they'd be like, like, e- sweet even if the, even if they you know don't particularly watch youtube and you know aren't in that kind of world they would understand how you make money yeah probably sometimes i think like if my grandparents were still alive how i would try and explain my job to them because i think that they would have absolutely no idea what the heck i was doing no. and Again, basically the way that I have dealt with when people are sort of confused about what I do for work and if they don't like support me or understand, I literally can remember, 
this one family Christmas and this was years ago so I was only just starting to like put myself onto YouTube and trying to I guess plant the seeds for a career that would hopefully grow over a few years I remember I literally put one of my videos on the TV and made my family watch it so they could understand what I was doing because otherwise they were like I literally have no idea what the heck you're doing that's the way I navigated it is like if anyone is questioning me or you know not understanding what I'm doing or why I'm doing it I explain it to them in like full detail like my dad in particular had absolutely no idea my dad is a Capricorn man (laughs) (laughs) and he was like okay but how do you make money and I literally explained to him every source of income that I have and how regular that income is and why it's a stable kind of income in some capacity and then he was able to be like okay cool sweet and now he watches my youtube videos which is pretty cute wholesome (laughs) and i think at the end of the day if you know your parents or even if your friends don't understand what you're doing and they really seem to not be able to get it Mm. as long as you are happy with what you're doing and as long as you feel comfortable that's really all that matters anyway yeah i agree okay cara what are your must-haves in a job or job environment for your mental health for me having worked in a pretty awful environment a few years ago (laughs) that really taught me a lot um, about what a good company looks like and what you know a company that really respects and values their employees looks like Mm. so for me it's about having management or a manager that genuinely cares and is understanding and you don't feel scared to go to when you need you know a mental health day or if you feel sick or and you need to have a day off or something like that. Mm. It's also about, I mean, when I when I applied for that job that I'm talking about, they were all about saying, oh, our company culture is super modern and super cool and we have drinks on Friday afternoons and it's like I started working and then, yeah, they get like a case of beer, but you were still expected to be chained to your desk working. Like right. it was just, and like, oh, we have ping pong, like a ping pong table, but oh, you can't leave your desk because you have to do this unbelievable amount of work that's just impossible. Mm. So I think it's about not taking people at face value because I think especially in this day and age, everyone, every company wants to look super fun and super woke, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) And have a great company culture. So true. I feel like this kind of touches back on last week when we talked about mental health. But for me personally, when I've worked in the hospitality industry, which I feel like Unless you've worked in the hospitality industry, it's really hard to understand how much pressure comes in the hospitality industry. It's a very physically demanding job where you're on your feet for 40 hours a week. And as well as that, you're interacting with the public. So it's a very socially exhausting job as well. And for me personally, something that I really made sure that I did is I communicated with my employer about my mental health and if I like needed to take mental health day I would communicate with them about it and for me personally that was a very important thing to have in a boss being able to ask for what you need Mm. whether it's greater support in your job or Um, support in what you're going through outside of your job and just understanding that you know you're not always going to be perfect and you're going to have down days if you are someone who struggles with mental health Mm. that's really important yeah I completely Mm. agree and also I guess companies who don't have that mentality of you should be 
overly committed to this job like you should have to work overtime or mm. you should have to work on weekends and stuff like that like mm. i think that's a, a huge red flag with companies who expect you to do that for them because in my experience those are the companies that don't actually offer the same loyalty and same respect back to their employees yeah um so that's something that i'm really wary of as well and like these are all things that i was looking for when i was applying for jobs and everything and that's why i'm really happy in my current position because i feel like it's a really great environment yeah and it's a job it's a company that actually walks the walk instead of just talking the talk Mm. okay the next question we have is how to become more comfortable with taking opportunities that make us nervous and i love this question because as an anxious gal (laughs) in the past when i've had opportunities presented to me for example, promotions and things like this. I've felt a lot of anxiety surrounding doing them, but the growth that I have felt from doing them has been awesome. Yeah, I think the most important thing to remember in this situation is that the worst thing that can often happen is that you fail. And that's not even a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because when you fail, you still learn. Mm. So, and you still grow. Mm. So, even though we look at failure as like a society as really, really awful and to be avoided at all costs, it's actually probably one of the biggest things you will learn from. And I mean, I've failed a million times yeah, over same. and over and over. Mm. And every time I've done it, 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 it sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not like it's fun to like fail at something. And, yeah. And, think oh you know that was just something that I couldn't take on as much as I thought I could or Mm. whatever it still led me to understand myself better and what I can do and my boundaries with jobs and working yeah I actually had this experience when I was working at said gold class cinema (laughs) but as I mentioned earlier in the episode I got promoted within eight weeks of working there into a management position which was a really really exciting opportunity for me and I felt a little bit nervous about it because it was a pretty big step up and I at this stage thought that I would continue working my way up in this company and this is what I thought I was going to do for a little while so whilst I was excited there was still a lot of nervousness that came with it and I just consciously chose to like push through and enjoy the experience and to remind myself that if it doesn't work out if I'm not good at the job whatever it's not actually going to be the end of the world like I'll still figure something out and I actually ended up working in this leadership role for maybe a year and a half before my mental health got really bad and I actually asked to be demoted because I wanted to focus on prioritizing my mental health. And in this experience, I definitely could have viewed myself as a failure and for moments did view myself as a failure. Like what, you've been promoted into a management job and you can't hack it, hun? Like that's the way that I was talking to myself. But upon reflection, I learned so much through that experience about what I wanted from my career and from my life in general. I learned how good I was at handling pressure when working in a management position. And I learned that I have the capability of being able to consciously take a step back from something that is not impacting me in a positive way. And so I think when opportunities come up that you know you want to give a go, but they come with a little bit of nervousness, Remind yourself that just because you say yes to something doesn't mean that you can't change your mind at some point. And I think that's something really important to remember. It's like people think like, oh, if I choose to do this, I have to commit to it and do it for years or do it for the rest of my life. When in reality, you can always say no if you're in the financial position to do so. Yeah, for sure. It's that's actually a really good way to look at it is this is something that I can try. And if it's not right for me, I can try something else. You'll never 
you are never like chained to something long term. It's not like if you accept a promotion or you accept a job and then six months down the track, you realize that it's just not right for you, that you have to stick it out for another few years. That's just not how it works. Yeah. And this is all without saying that it could also be the best fucking opportunity that's ever happened to you. Exactly. So really, I think it's about the fact that growth happens outside of your comfort zone Mm. and you're never going to, I guess, experience as many opportunities to grow if you don't take those things that are offered to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a really nice place to end the episode, to be honest, with that little nugget of... uh growth uh, happens outside of your comfort zone yeah i love that quote so thank you so much for listening to this episode of to be honest yeah thank you so much i actually really feel inspired after even talking about things like this because i feel like it's when we talk about things like this openly and we have conversations like this with our friends or our family or our loved ones it it makes us more comfortable with where we're at and what we're doing and reminds us of you know exactly why we are doing what what we're doing and things like that so yeah i have homework for our listeners i think everyone who you know is listening to this and feels a little bit lost should go to either their parents or their siblings or their best friends and say hey do you feel a little bit lost sometimes because (laughs) here's the thing i guarantee you they do yeah i guarantee if you asked your parents did you ever feel lost in your 20s they'll be like fuck yes i did yeah and if you asked your best friends who are the same age as you they would be like yeah i don't know what the fuck i'm doing half the time because it's just such a common experience yeah we've had that we've had this chat with our friends so many times and we're all in very different kind of i guess paths and career stages Mm. like some of us seem more established some of us seem like they're doing a completely different thing and every single one of us is like don't know don't know don't know what i'm doing i actually love that idea of homework so very much (laughs) and i really really encourage you if you are listening to this to go and have that conversation start that open and honest conversation with someone in your life that you feel comfortable expressing yourself to and say hey i feel a little bit lost sometimes do you and see where it takes you because you never know where an honest conversation is going to take you and if you don't have anyone you feel comfortable talking with we're going to be here every week so so send us a dm (laughs) (laughs) we would love to hear from you okay so that's all for today thank you so much for joining us and stay tuned for our next episode next week don't know what it's going to be on we'll figure it out make sure to follow us on instagram (laughs) at tbh.pod so you can see what we're going to chat about next week and we will see you next Wednesday. Have a beautiful day. Goodbye. Bye.